Hey everybody, it's me, Randy, from SNME Radio, and welcome to Day 6 of February Free Week on the SNME Radio Network. Today we have a new show, music-related, called Looking Back On It, with our very own SNME, Eric Reed. Looking Back On It is a show that reviews albums from the 90s till the early 2000s, till even now, with a focus on punk metal and emo and alternative i wonder if eric will ever have me on this show so if you like what you hear go to patreon.com forward slash snme radio and join just for over a dollar a week patreon.com snme radio enjoy everybody to the inaugural episode of looking back on it i am here in the studio today with my good friends matt what's up everybody if you don't know him now you know him <laughs> but uh he's he's my co-host on aewtf uh if you're listening on snme radio you should know who that is for sure um and we're also here with my good friend cole hardy what's going on cole come on <laughs> come on yeah he's uh our unofficial fifth member of Dark Side of the Elite, I think. You know what I mean? He's been on so many shows at this point. We have to kind of give him the status. Oh, right? yeah. He's a good brother. Absolutely. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Hell or a yeah, good, good cousin for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, for I'm those like, I don't know, Cole, Cole and I are cousins. I'm like Newman. I just pop in every once in a while, but <laughs> you know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> oh, man. So this show itself, I kind of had the idea from for doing this show when... We were doing our show Rampage Rollout on SNME. Uh, we had Cole on an episode, and we were doing it over Zoom around the Christmas break. And Matt had taken a break, and me and Cole were kind of just chopping it up and talking pop punk and emo and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, we should make this a podcast. I don't know why we haven't yet. Uh, well, outside of working crazy hours, uh, I, that's something I've always wanted to do. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. right? All three of us uh, share two things in common. One is our love of wrestling, and the other is our love <laughs> for music. So it was definitely a natural thing, I guess, to go to for you, yeah. right? And now and now we've done both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but um, Why yeah. not? We literally, we literally were just chopping it up, and we were, we were thinking about it. We were like, you know, this could definitely be doable. Like, I think this could be, you know, a good idea. And uh, thank you to Randy for giving me this opportunity, really, to talk about music. Because if I'm not talking about wrestling, I'm talking about music, right? <laughs> God bless Randy Bobandy. <laughs> exactly. So what have you guys been up to this week? Uh, I've been off work. Okay. So I've just been... Selling action figures and <laughs> writing music and jamming with the band. So that's nice. It's been a nice week. Busy. I, uh, you guys have a show coming up uh, on Saturday, right? Yeah. I think this is actually, this episode will drop when this show. Right. Yeah. No, we have uh, <laughs> next Friday and Saturday, we're playing in Hamilton and then Toronto at Sneaky D's. Why don't we tell everybody the name of your band? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I play in a band called Nightwell. Yeah, we're actually releasing a new song called TKO. Next they're Friday. sick, everybody. So yeah. he may be humble right now. Check them out because yeah. they're actually dope. 
You know what? Maybe instead of the intro, I'll just use a Nightwell song. <laughs> or instead of the outro, I'll use Hate Me Again because I love that Actually, song. Actually, that song is so good. I have, I have a little, uh, maybe something else from my musical past that you can use for this episode. Okay. I'll show you later. Okay, cool, cool. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Matt, what have you been up to? Well, actually, in the spirit of rock and roll, um, in 2011, my buddy and I started a college radio show at UTM at University of Toronto, the Mississauga campus, called Rocket Up Radio. And uh, I co-hosted that show with him for about two years. And uh, my friend Darren's been doing the show for the last 10, 11 years. And uh, he's actually uh, wrapping the show up. He's going to be done with it in March. Oh. So I went back uh, and jumped on the show with him yesterday. It airs from uh, 1 to 3 at CFREradio.com on Saturday afternoon. So I made my triumphant return to CFRE Radio <laughs> and did a, a 90s edition of the show with him because he knows uh, my love of 90s music. So we went on there and we played a little uh, Mad Season and some Stone Temple Pilots and some Pantera. Uh, we played Sandbox, which is Bubbles Band yeah, yeah. from back in the day. <laughs> so that, that was a lot of fun to catch up with Darren and... Uh, talk some rock and roll and then here i am one day later talking music again with you guys so it's been uh it's been a music filled yeah weekend, right? yeah it's been great it's been great i'm stoked on it so excited from a 90s day to early 2000s this is all yeah. in my wheelhouse yeah. so that's why when eric told me uh to come on the show with them so it was uh pick something that's in my wheelhouse because i'm still stuck in this era all these years later really yeah. it's it's my bread and butter i always yeah. come back to these classics yeah. and to be fair this show i kind of wanted to make it about the guest host anyways like um i don't really have particularly a co-host so you know like it's just kind of me and whoever wants to be on and T really tailor the album choices to whoever's on kind of thing exactly because i th i think uh when it's an album you like there's always like amazing stuff to say about it like there you'll go more in depth <laughs> the, pa the passion and the in the person talking about it comes out a bit more right instead of just kind of bullshitting with like through an album that you don't really know that well or you in don't really 1962 care about. <laughs> no, no. it's like no let's <laughs> talk about how this freaking guitar riff slams so hard and yeah. Lights, you know. yeah exactly so unfortunately i didn't choose something from the 90s this time around we all kind of agreed on toxicity by system of a down which is a fantastic album i just want to give you guys a little bit of a brief history about it here uh toxicity is the second studio album by armenian american heavy metal band system of a down uh, released in September of 2001, this album received great critical response as well as commercial success, reaching number one in the Canada and U.S. Billboard charts. The album was produced by the one and only Rick Rubin. Fantastic yeah. name as in terms of metal, rock, pop, you name it. Like he's done everything. And, and, another, tie, and another tie into wrestling, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Rick Rubin? Yeah, he, he was uh, Jim Cornette's financial backer for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Are you kidding? No <laughs> shit. Are you kidding? Not kidding. Not kidding. Oh, he is a giant wrestling fan. As if fan, I couldn't so. love Rick Rubin even more. <laughs> Both worlds tie together just a little bit more. But that's um, that I actually didn't know that. It's not yeah. in my notes. You can see it. Yeah. Um, the album kind of blends like thrash metal, heavy metal, and hard rock, as well as like some other elements like uh they they use a lot of elements of like progressive rock and jazz and like middle eastern and greek music and stuff like that yeah they have, that, like a folky element to well, it well i we'll get into it more later but that that's the thing that really kind of stood apart for me is their like use of uh Ar armenian like folk yeah. music and folk beats to kind of like push their sound outside of the normal metal and thrash and what well, at the time like new metal 
Yeah. Sort of, t- you know, it was really... Their own twist on it, their yeah. little flavor, right? Yeah. Oh, I can I can honestly say System of a Down is one of those bands that is unapologetically themselves. Oh, yeah. They, oh, are, yeah. so, they are so different than any anything at the, for the time at all. You know mm. what I mean? And uh, they recorded over 30 songs while recording the album, but narrow it down to the 14 that are on there today. Uh, the rest of them, they re-recorded and uh, put them on the and released them on their next album, Steal This Album, which came out extremely fast after this album, only because of the timing on when this album came out. So this album came out a week before September 11th. Yeah. September 4th, 2001. And after September 11th, obviously the war on terror started and uh, System of a Down being a very political band, they had a lot to say, obviously, about Mm -hmm. the uh, American administration at the time. And so they really steal this album pretty much instantly again. <laughs> like they pretty much, and it was a lot of those songs were politically charged. A lot of them were, you know, very, very heavily influenced by their, by their vocalist surge, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Darren, which is, I'll get into it later, but it's kind of the reason they broke up, <laughs> you know, well, later on in, in their broke life. Up. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're back now. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Correct. Well, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just going to jump on uh, one point I wanted to make about the title, Steal This Album, too. Mm-hmm. I always figured it's because this was at the height of, like, Napster and all that, right? And everyone was ste- well, yeah. stealing, quote-unquote, music at the time. So I think, wasn't it just, like, kind of a play on that aspect it, of the music business? It was. At the, time? The, na- the name itself was. Uh, the actual, like, but I just meant, like, the more the the lyrical content of the album itself oh. was more geared towards political issues. Yes. And stuff yes like sorry. That. I just yeah, yeah. mean uh, just the title of the album itself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so not a commentary on the, the lyrical content. For some reason, I think like I heard they had like issues with their label at the time too. So when yeah. still this album came out, uh, they, they literally were just like, we don't care. Steal this album. <laughs> right. Right. That's what I kind of yeah, remember yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were pushing them to get an album out really quick. So what they ended up doing is just, Re, uh, re-recording those songs from their sessions on toxicity yeah just yeah. pushed it out they're like there you go yeah pretty much it was it was a very quick it was a very quick turnaround i do remember that like yeah. it was almost like that album came out in 2002 whereas toxicity came out in 2001 yeah. right like a, it's very 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 rare that don't to happen see, you know two <laughs> studio <laughs> albums within the same year right? yeah, absolutely much, yeah. yeah so but it's safe to say that this album was a huge part of metal in the early 2000s and garnered some of their biggest hits you know chop suey being one of them aerials and the title track toxicity obviously those three songs were like everywhere you yeah. couldn't you could not listen to the radio without hearing them uh but maybe i'm a bit biased because it is my favorite system of a down album period uh there's a lot of good ones but for me it is my favorite i can't say one or the other is my favorite i really i know every like system of a down song this band like got me into like really heavy music like it was sort of like, like i i liked like lincoln park and blink 182 and you could even say limp biscuit but like once i got into uh system of a down it sort of opened the door to like thrash metal getting into local hardcore bands and like this was the band that got me into like actual heavy music i saw system of a down at the skydome in toronto in 1998 and they <laughs> opened for method man red man and limp biscuit <laughs> And only system's God, first 2000s. album was the only one out at the time with like sugar and spider yeah, yeah, yeah. spiders on it. The system of a down LP with the hand on yeah, it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I saw them at that show, I had never heard of them before. It was literally my first experience or exposure to them. And I left that show going, These guys are unbelievable. And they felt kind of like my little secret. Yeah. And yeah. then Toxicity came out. And everybody and they, knew them. they blew up. <laughs> 
Everybody knew them at high school down at Smokers Hill. Everyone's like, System of a Down, Chop Suey. I'm like, I knew these guys before this album. <laughs> yeah, came yeah out, sure you okay? did, man. Yeah, no, I seen them. I knew them first, okay? But they Fucking were they, I, they a always new had metal a, hipster. Totally. Absolutely. Especially back when I was like 14 years old or whatever. So. They, they felt like my little secret at first. And then once they blew up, they've always had a bit of an attachment to me yeah. be, because I feel like I've been on that ride from day one. And like their, their career since then is like huge. Uh, right. So they've always had a special spot in uh, my musical heart. Yeah. I mean, same here for me. Like when I, when this album came out, I didn't really know the system of a down LP. I will say that at the time, I know it now, obviously after, you know, years of listening to them, but, uh, this is a time where I was getting back into playing guitar. So I was only 11 years old when this album came out. Getting uh, back into playing guitar. So, so I started... I started <laughs> at 11 playing. years old. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I started playing when I was... Yeah, yeah. Well, Dust it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I started playing when I was seven. Uh, and then my dad... This is a weird story about my dad. I'm going to go into it anyway. So, but uh, my dad said, if I wanted to learn how to play guitar, I had to take piano lessons first. Oh, God. You're telling my story. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you ended Actually, up yeah. Okay. Okay. So I spent three years learning piano just yeah. because my dad said, you will not play guitar again until you learn piano. Uh, sort of. It wasn't as, it wasn't, I make it sound like crazy, but it's, it really wasn't. Hand with it, the it, teaches you, it teaches you theory and everything. But though, it did. Right? And, and it, it did actually make a big difference in my life. So I do respect that decision. But um, that's when I started getting back into guitars because I joined a concert band. So I started playing bass. So I was able to drop piano and take bass and guitar lessons at the same time. So like, you know, this like half those songs I can still play to this day. And I wish like, I, I, I have no room in my brain for new stuff, but those songs <laughs> are cemented in. Like, you know There's I mean? a few off this album that were some of the first songs I learned on guitar as well. Oh, yeah, saying, like yeah. I'll just never forget them. They are burned well, in my head too. For me, see, like I didn't, when this record came out, it was what, uh, 2001. Yeah. So at the, and I lived on the outskirts of Coburg, which was like, yeah, <laughs> and we I didn't I didn't even have dial up at this time or I might have we might have been just getting inter, internet and uh, it was my cousin Mark would burn me these CDs that would have like Sugar Ray, uh, Eminem, <laughs> Smash Mouth, <laughs> System of a Down, like just like what I'd write them all these songs I'm like oh I want a bit of this I want a bit of yeah. that I didn't know about music I just knew yeah. what what little bit I saw and like. Uh, YTV or whatever, yeah. MTV and like all these much music, much music. Yeah, 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 but I didn't even have um, like satellite they or didn't cable. Get, they like, didn't I, get Channel Twenty Nine in Coburg. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have an exposure. It was Twenty One. It wasn't Rick Campanelli. It was Rick Campanulli, <laughs> <laughs> the dude from down the street. <laughs> Not Ed the Sock. It was like Ed the Toque or something. Like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so like I didn't really have uh, a gateway into like like guitar music is and it it wasn't until like basically early high school i start or maybe middle school like grades eight i was like 12 13 that i start picked up a guitar really and and actually started playing and getting into like heavier bands yeah like these records i didn't actually get into until i was able to actually look them up and like middle school early high school so i was a little late to the game <laughs> to be fair i think Compared it was my to eric i guess we didn't learn at yeah, seven years yeah, old yeah. to be fair my parents were so liberal when it came to like the music that i was allowed to listen to Same uh, here. and i i don't know i don't know why they always did that but it, 
I've, I've honestly, it's helped me out life because yeah. like, you I've, know, it's made me appreciate more albums than I, than I probably would have, you know, growing up. Like, um, like my parents used to listen, let me listen to like corn and Deftones and stuff like that. Like stuff that no kid should be listening to. Well, I was just going to say <laughs> the same thing. I feel so bad for my mom. I'd be like waking up for the school bus and I'd have twist by corn blasting on, <laughs> on the living room stereo system at seven o'clock in the morning. And she's trying to get us ready for school. And that was my way to start my day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. God bless her. God God bless all the parents. Yes. <laughs> but let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. Uh, so I have I have the whole show kind of broken down to segments, and this is the only time I'll explain it. It's only because it's the first episode. <laughs> but but uh, I have a couple segments here. Uh, let's start off with the first one, though, and that's Riff City. Riff City is talking about our favorite riff period on the album. So let's drop right into it. Riff, riff, set the bass. All right, so for Riff City, I have, I don't know, this riff itself, I don't know if anybody's going to agree with me on this, but the opening guitar riff to A- ATWA on this album. Atwa. Atwa. Atwa, yeah. Is the, I, I never knew if I, it was Atwa or ATWA. It's ATWA. Sounds Air, like a wrestling Air promotion. Tree Water something. Hmm. All-time it, wrestling association. Yes, all-time <laughs> wrestling association. <laughs> the Atlantic wrestling association yeah Yeah. so this entire song is amazing but the simplicity of that opening guitar riff is just awesome just the ding 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 it just you know it's um it's very simple i think it's like only like fourths or something like that they're pretty much that was one of those riffs that i learned when i first started picking up guitar that always stuck with me too because that was one that was like oh i could learn that part and it was simple but like it hit like the the solos nice. Well, every uh, I learned like a lot of the riffs on this record when I first started playing guitar because you could just down tune your bottom string to like a drop tuning and just yeah. play that bottom boom do 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 do. Yeah. Like it's like Darren's not the best guitar player in the world, but <laughs> he, he, isn't, can re- he isn't on this album. Let's put it that way. I don't think he's ever a good guitar player, but he he writes like re- really beautiful melodic riffs. And he's a really good songwriter. Yeah. But they're not crazy hard. So this getting into metal, like metal and they're melodic, really melodic stuff. And there's yeah. a lot of that's what really hooked me in because I wasn't really into like heavy music when this stuff came out. I was like, like Sugar Ray and yeah. Eminem and stuff. <laughs> like I didn't know heavy music. But the thing that hooked me about this band was their really like melodic uh, and worldly guitar riffs. Yeah. They, to be honest, this whole riff itself kind of sets the tone and the mood for the song because without it, those really intense parts of the songs, like the chorus parts, wouldn't really shine as well as they do. Not to mention it makes use of the uh, harmonic minor scale, which is like every, like, you know, pretty much Middle Eastern <laughs> folk yeah. song has that. And it gives it that, like, kind of feel. And it's kind of like a nod to their Armenian heritage, right? So it's like... um, It's all over all their music. And it's, yeah. it's what I was like... Being exposed to that through them, I was like, "Oh, I love this sound," and I've stolen that for like a lot of my like metal bands I I was in growing up. You know, yeah, exactly. But that is that is by far one of the first riffs I ever learned on guitar. Like, I I guess when I 
finally got back into it. I keep saying that. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, when I was seven years old, getting back into guitar. Yeah, but I when I retired at nine, I, I remember asking my guitar teacher. He actually was my bass teacher, and I remember asking him to tab that out for me on, on sheet music. Like they used to have these sheet music. Um, like it was, yeah, it was just like all this paper that they had at, at the school that I went to, at the music school I went to. And like they, he would literally take it and be like, it'd be the five lines and he would make them as like the, as the base. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And he would draw an extra line for guitar. And he'd be like, I'll tap it out. Pulling out his ruler. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Damn, this kid can't learn theory. <laughs> Remember the, remember the chalk thing? We had the, like the five lines for, yeah, for yeah, each piece just... of chalk and you draw on the board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make your treble clefs. I remember when I first got a guitar, I got, I think, I can't remember what, I think it was just guitar tab. No, there was a, there was a program that I downloaded that you could just build uh, guitar tabs on and it was like game changing and you could download them like from different songs and it would actually play it out in MIDI. For me, it was the back pages of Guitar World. Every, yeah. Each issue of yeah. Guitar World had like four or five songs with all the tabs yeah. and the sheet music in the back and that's where I learned like Falling Away From You by Korn. And... I know, I still learned the first four notes of Through Their Fire and the Flames. <laughs> See, there you go, right? Dun, dun, dun. Just be that's sitting all. in my room with Guitar World. Oh man, but um, what, are you, what are your guys' top riffs on the... uh well okay so um i have two okay so well i'll save one for underrated but um i'd say the the my favorite like the most impactful riff is actually just the opening track of prison song like oh, that the, opening the, the gun, stop yeah dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's so yeah. <laughs> yeah that will never not make me want to jump off a roof onto a, a table I, I, bomb yeah, I will say that I turned tables. it on today and I was I was listening before we started recording before these guys showed up and prison song came on and my soundbar was too loud <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so no. I went dun and I almost pooped myself the cat, the cat hit the <laughs> that, ceiling fan I don't, I don't think it matters what volume your uh, soundbar be at that riff will make you want to poop yourself it is such a like such a crazy way to start the album oh it's perfect <laughs> and it's so good it, like every time I hear it it gets me hype yeah <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> it's so groovy too like that uh, that's another thing they mix these like really melodic sections and 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 a lot of the times they'll use like folk beats like uh sort of middle eastern and like soca beats and then they'll just go into the most groovy metal sections and that opening yeah it's so good it just makes you want to run around and fight music yeah fight the system man Matt, what do you got for Riff City? <laughs> okay, mine is like not because I remember you, you said it could be a not necessarily a guitar riff. It could it does, be a yeah, vocal. It, does, it could be a drum lick. It could be kind it, of a mix of it all. Yeah, it but could there, be anything really. There's one section of this whole album that kind of hits me more than any other, and it's in the song Needles. Okay, and it's when it kind of comes down, and there's yes. a little gu- palm muted guitar part, and it's like yeah. I'm just sitting in my room. Yeah, the dun 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 with a needle in my hand, yeah. just waiting, waiting for, for the tune <laughs> of some old dying. Oh, it's man. so good. <laughs> 
did it. And then it builds and builds and builds. And then it drops like at the end of it all. That whole pass for me is like the highlight of the album for me. There's so many moments on this record that are just like that, where it just like really crazy and weird music. Like, and then they bring it right down. down. Yeah. And it just has like this really melodic, really almost theatrical vibe. Like, like they're really good at, 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 and and all of a sudden there's a zitar and uh, these pianos and, and violins and it just gets all epic as fuck and you're just like holy shit then all of a sudden actually this kind of blends in nicely to my top three tracks because needles is my number one track on this album so let's just get let's just get into it anyways we're already on our way so um i actually fell in love with this song when i saw them at the acc so right after uh mesmerize came out they did a tour with the Mars Volta and a, a band called Bad Acid Trip. And, like, obviously Mars Volta is, like, the GOAT. They're, they're unbelievable. Stay tuned because I will be doing a D-Louse in the Commentorium album. I don't know when. <laughs> or a review. I don't know when. But um, this this song specifically, when I saw them play it live and the impact of, like, that it had on the crowd and stuff like that is, like, maybe I should go back and re-listen to this album again. And this became my favorite song off this entire album. And... I agree completely with you with that build-up part. Yeah. In the middle, um, this song was written by Darren, obviously. <laughs> I mean, he li- they literally talk about pulling tapeworms out of people's asses. <laughs> you know what I mean, like the goofy lyrics and stuff like that, like you know. But then it also has that very serious, like you know, middle bridge part. That's like a build-up. It's very artful. Uh, it's a good blend of thrash or like what I like to call mosh parts. I don't really have any yeah. any <laughs> formal training on what anything's called. I just call it mosh. Parts. <laughs> but uh, uh, the flow is great, not to mention the childish lyrics. They're always funny. Oh, <laughs> I, feel, I think this is like one of the few songs on the album where Darren really gets to sing more than just like yeah. a harmony or something like that. Well, there, there's a few of there's a few of them where he's like kind of featured a lot. But like, yeah, this song like, is like he gets his own little solo part for sure. In, in uh, a system of a down, like progresses a band in the future albums, like hypnotized, mesmerized. Darren's like. 50 50 on the mic with surge in a lot of the, their later stuff yeah. and this Which, is still the time where surge carries like 98 percent of all the vocal stuff right well yeah. darren's sort of like blended in there a lot like he he never really he doesn't take as much of a lead on these sort of older records but no. you can kind of hear him harmonizing with uh surge and like i think they need each other to complement their voices like i i find his like screeching sort of even when he's singing very clean it's yeah has a very like abrasive edge to it and same with surge but in more of like a, a baritone sort of way yeah and like operatic uh, yeah that's what yeah. i was gonna say uh operatic and, and yeah. when the two of them uh harmonize with each other it's like it shouldn't work but yeah. it does it just they complement each other perfectly. Yeah, and that's why I've never like I've tried to get into Serge's music and uh, Hollywood, a broad Broadway on Hollywood, whatever. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Darren's band is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and, and it's almost System of a Down sometimes, but yeah. it's not. No, no, no. And I just it's because so they dis- work perfect together. Yeah, they're not. They can't be apart. When they're apart, it doesn't work. The I, same. For me, no. I just I I need the two of them together. But the, the, I I mean, as far as far as top three songs go on this album, this is number one by far in my books uh number two for me is aerials and aerials like yeah that was one of the singles i guess from this album but this song is definitely different in terms of like right at the very beginning we start off with just the you know the string arrangement and uh before we before we get that like 
the uh, the guitar riff with the alternate picking. The yeah, another one of those guitar riffs I learned back. That in was the day. like that yeah. always stuck with me. As soon as I learned about drop tuning, like yeah, tune that, gu- and I was like three, two, one. Yeah. I yeah. was like, oh, here we go. This is I can play. Since it really helped, that. like the counting of music, like make yeah. sense for me. With oh stuff yeah, like that. Well, not to mention it helped me like when I started when I first started learning like how to how to play it in drop tuning because that it was probably one of the first songs yeah. I learned in drop tuning. Right. Same here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has kind of the same dynamic feel as ATWA, but it's like more of a laid back chorus with like the halftime on the chorus. The vocal harmonies are amazing on this song. Yeah. Like uh, just the, I'm trying to think like the, like, well, that's, that's like the actual melody line. There's not really any harmonies on that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got, (laughs) but the, um, wait, no, there's not toxicity. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Chop suey. <laughs> or chop, chop suey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But um, the breakdown is that, like, essentially the main riff, but heavier, is so cool. That's, like, the coolest part of that whole song. Because, like, Surge doing, like, the always want to play, but you never want to lose. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I mean, like, just going into it and then just, dun, dun, dun. so awesome. It can be a bit repetition, repetitious, but it's not a super long song. It's really only, like, two two and a half minutes three minutes that's so. like all their songs though they yeah. all like it's like the same sort of three parts and then a bridge that's like super epic yeah and then back to that heavy part you know <laughs> oh man but honestly honestly as far as songs go like amazing song off this album mm-hmm. final song uh is toxicity and the only reason i have a soft spot for this song in my heart because it is a very overplayed song personally like between that and chop suey it's one of the first covers i ever did when i first started jamming and uh, my neighbor, Jimmy, uh, who I know Matt knows, <laughs> Jimmy Trombley, shout yeah. out. Uh, shout out, Jimmy. He, uh, he was playing drums and his buddy, Jason, I know you know Jason as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, J- yeah Jason Paveo was also on guitar while I played bass. So we used to jam this song like all the time. It's just a super catchy song. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we thought we were so cool because like Jimmy, you know, Jimmy could do the fill. And I was like, I know the, you know what I mean? Like, and it was just, it was just one of those songs I like always played. Uh, just very simple. It's okay because the focus is really on the vocals on that song, really. Like, uh, like Surge really shines on this song. Uh, the simple, iconic drum riff right at the beginning, you know. It's definitely the best Surge song on the entire album. I will say that because it's a great song. And the bridge breakdown is sweet, super thrashy, as well as the outro. Beauty. Yeah, I can't. I mean, can't really say much more. It's it's the name of the record for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Just a simple song. Uh, what are your guys' top three tracks? See, like I, it's hard for me to say what's my favorite. I'll, I'll say, <sighs> science. Nice is one of my favorites. It has a section in it that I'll get to later because I think it falls under my underrated. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, Were you a big M- MX versus ATV Unleashed fan? Is that why you like <laughs> <No>. that song? Because <laughs> that was. It was that on the soundtrack. <laughs> that was on the soundtrack. That's where I first heard that song. Like so. That PlayStation One or something. Like uh, that? PlayStation PS2? Two. So yes. Yeah. So it was on Xbox 360, I think, or, oh, yeah. or, or Xbox. I think I played it on Xbox One, but. <laughs> um, Needles is also what probably my favorite favorite song on the record, mm-hmm. and then Deer Dance. Ooh, that's one of those underrated songs on the album because mm-hmm. like it's it's one that you don't really think about as much. See, I'm coming at this from a place where I feel like I'm naming these songs because the the big hits like Aerials and Toxicity, I just can't really listen to as much anymore because okay. I've, um, but maybe that's just my bias. But uh, 
yeah, songs like Deer Dance and 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 Jet. I uh, see. I love the whole record. Like, it's I hard for me to say. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna have a really hard time with like the next segment because <laughs> because <laughs> there's a part in it where you kind of have to shit on some stuff, and I'm not really comfortable shitting on anything on this album. Really, yeah. to tell you the truth, uh, this got, album is one, perfection. No, I got skips. one you can shit on. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> but but also, uh, I remember like I was twelve. I was. 2002 flying over to uh, England to see some family and I listened to this record the whole like all the whole plane ride over and I remember laughing to myself listening to Jet was it Jet Pilot? Yeah Jet Pilot and, and just being like ah, they're talking about plane crashing and how flies <laughs> Jesus I know and I was like that's what's wrong with me but yeah, yeah even that song's amazing like I, I really there's not one bad song on this record in my opinion no this is this is what I call um, so I had this discussion with a buddy of mine another friend of mine also named Eric we tend to classify albums when we talk about new albums as platinum or gold mm-hmm. and though this album didn't go platinum it is a platinum in my books because there is no absolutely. skips on this album. no absolutely not yeah. one skip on this album <laughs> actually I'll, I'll give you one one other well, like top top song on this record um actually no i'll save for the next okay i'll save, I'll save for the next section okay he's making you wait people <laughs> don't blue ball us cole <laughs> matt what do you got what do you for, got for your top three for tracks? top three you guys hit on a lot of it needles and aerials are on my list for a lot of the same reasons you guys already outlined it like needles yeah. for me of what i was saying for my rift city pick yeah. uh two just amazing songs and third for me is chop suey and, and initially when we when we decided to do this album i went into it thinking that it might be my overrated pick because it is the most famous song and the most like overplayed song but when i listened to it back over the last couple of days i think it's one of the strongest composed and put together and well-written songs that just has everything in it and it still really holds up today and i think it was just like recorded perfectly uh takes you on a ride the whole way through has extremely memorable and uh moments that really stand the test of time and still hold up to this day i just think it's an amazingly well-written and produced song all the way through that shows off the talents of every guy in that band to like its full their full potential well i mean i wanted to almost knock it just because of how many times i've heard it yeah but listening back i'm like this is really an excellent song to be fair, it's, I mean, it is, like, there is a reason why it's the number one single on yeah, this album. Sure. And there's a reason why it went number one, the song right. itself, right? I like, almost, like, like I was saying, I was almost going back to this uh, listen of the album thinking, like, I was ready to pick holes in that song and knock yeah. it. And, but I was like, I can't. This is actually, like, a no. badass song. The thing, the thing about this record is a lot of the songs sort of follow the same, uh, I'm not even going to say structure, but, like, it's almost in. It's almost as if they wanted to write the exact same song a bunch of different times. In terms of like, it's got the heavy part. It's got the melodic part. They flow in together this way. The bridge cuts like builds down into like this epic like guitar, clean guitar part that builds back up with a lot of harmonies. Like a, a lot of the songs on this records have all those elements. That, but Chop Suey just sort of did it the best. Yeah. You know? Not they, to- they have their formula. Like Nirvana was like quiet part, loud part, quiet part, loud part, <laughs> right? Certain bands find their like their groove and their formula. And like this might be an example of like that system of a down formula, like at its peak on this album for oh, me. Per- and, and it works perfect. And like they still experiment with it. Like, oh, what if in this section on this song we use this guitar or like this different instrument or these, this weird sort of uh, drum, like a 
Soka beat in this, or there, there's a song on on this record. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, it all of it breaks down into a like a jazz. Um, I can't remember. There's, a, there's the a, very last song, Arto or whatever, because that guy's just ripping the. Apparently, it was a guy that they brought in, and he's like a very famous sitar oh, that, player. No, that no, no, it's not. okay. Yeah. Oh it's no, that guy's that... just ripping the sitar, man. He's just shredding the entire time. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it'll come back to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's on the first album. Oh, You're no, talking yeah. sugar, sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah sugar. Yeah. No, sugar, yeah. No, there is something on this record. I can't remember. I should have wrote this down. But anyway, oh. but yeah, they, they, they play around. Like they'll, they, they do definitely experiment within their uh, sort of template for system of... A down. Their system, system of a template? Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, for writing these songs, but um, I think they really hit a formula with this record, and yeah. that's that's why every song, in my opinion, is like, perfect. Well, not to not to mention a song like Chop Suey. There is, there is like, a, I don't know if anybody ever saw that Rick Rubin interview on Joe Rogan, where he talks about the actual, like, recording of that song because i i think it was i think it was he was saying that serge didn't have any words for like the bridge part of that song yeah Yeah. and he couldn't figure it out he couldn't figure it out so rick rubin told him to pull a book off the shelf and i guess it was probably a religious book i'm assuming of some sorts maybe the bible and uh that turned into like the most iconic part of that song, you know. Why have you, you forsaken me? And it's <laughs> like it has nothing to do with the rest of the song, but it, no. it actually works. Like, and that's why when I listen so, back to Chop Suey and that part hit, I'm like, this part is so epic. And it's just made up. And it just and it builds and it <laughs> yeah. builds and the vocals you, layer and the guitars layer and builds and builds. I'm like, this song's so sick. I can't hate on it. So like, that's why it made its way back into my top three. And you know, I'm I'm sure we'd be surprised of how many times that happens in in music. They're just like, I don't know, man. Just Quack. fucking oh, totally. <laughs> Open that Some about God or, or, like, yeah. or read know. the back of the shampoo yeah, bottle. Yeah. Rinse for Pete. <laughs> oh man, it's got flowers, and <laughs> zinc and pine. <python>. Py- <laughs> <laughs> oh man red coloring three <laughs> so that that kind of brings us to uh a section that i think is really going to separate the wheat from the chaff <laughs> and that's uh this section over under uh and this is um the most overrated song and i hate saying overrated because this album is really good but we got someone's got to get picked for that right overrated uh song and underrated song on the album so let's get into it over under <laughs> So my so my pick for the overrated song on the album is Chop Suey, and I know we just spent <laughs> the last five minutes praising it. So this is gonna be really hard to talk about because frankly, I didn't really want to choose an overrated song for this album. I don't think there is an overrated song on this album. Chop Suey, the only reason why I kind of chose it is because I would I could suggest that it was the most overplayed, I guess, but um Honest, honestly, like it's just a great song. <laughs> Vocals are outstanding, you know, final chorus. Uh I I I said something good about it. I don't know what to tell you. I well, can't I, can I can't see, say it's overrated. Like, I think I think <laughs> a, I think a lot of that. If if I if I could kind of piggyback when you're saying it's yeah. the it is probably the overplayed part of that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where like the whole album is great, and the fact that that song got played like twenty to one or whatever yeah, on yeah, ratio, twenty thousand to one, twenty thousand to one compared to like almost any other song where it's like. Yeah. 
The other songs aren't that much further behind it in terms of being good songs. So it could be overrated in that sense where the attention it got compared to maybe the rest of the album. When when I think of Chop Suey, not only do I think of an amazing song, but I think a detriment to it is I think of a bunch of uh, Woodstock 99 bros throwing mud. Be like, yeah! And <laughs> I mean, like, so for I mean, it's two years after what's no, no, I know, I know, but like, that, that but like, that, like, like the new metal generation, well, yeah, the, like, like, the broy, which, like, well, which would metal. technically be Matt's generation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it totally was. You would totally have been, you would have been like, a, what, in high school when this song came out? Yeah, yeah. I was in grade yeah. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there, there's something <laughs> fratty about it, Chop Suey. It reminds me of Kurt Cobain getting pissed off when all the football player and jocks started showing up to Nirvana fans exactly. and like being in the, in the <laughs> mosh pits. He's like, this if, if you hate women or gay people or whatever, don't come to our shows, yeah, and, and shit like that. Where it caught so mainstream or maybe hit a target audience that the, they weren't attending initially. Yeah. I, I could see that. It, I don't know. It's just for me, it's just like I, I picked it just for being overplayed. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, which makes sense. That's that's what it is. It got overplayed and it was such a good song, but now you got the gatekeeping side of it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. no, the, the System of Down's a, a smart band. <laughs> I mean, they are. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 get what I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. For, for my underrated pick, though, is Forest. And I don't think a lot of people had this on their radar, but this song was always the shit for me. I love yeah. this song. Like, um, it could arguably, arguably be the best song on the album. I know I didn't put it in my top three tracks. I didn't want to put it if I was trying to separate when I did these notes. And I think I did over under first. And I was like, I still got to do top three tracks. So I try, I tried to make new stuff. Cause that's like, just the point of how good this record is. But yeah. that's like, I just have to choose one for different sections. Cause all of them are good. <laughs> yeah. All and and the one time attention. we try to shit on a song, it's like, well, they ha- <laughs> yeah, but the but the um, the topping on the cake in this entire song itself is the chorus. So that syncopation between all the instruments and the vocals, the why don't you see that you are, oh, yeah. and then right in, right into the, um, the halftime the halftime drums and yeah. stuff like that, and the halftime riff is like I, I lose my mind every time I hear that. I get so hyped up every single time. But it's a very, it's like really, if you listen to it, it's a very chaotic song. Like there's, you know, thrash parts here and then this and then that and blah, blah, blah. And not to mention uh, the bridge having elements of the original verse riffs to kind of like bring you back into it to like Uh, do like a final chorus is really cool. Dude, the drumming at the opening of the song. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so cool. And I love like the double time speed picking that he does and like where he's like just thrashing like the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. This this song is by far my favorite song, and like not to mention Serge's vocals are like amazing on this song, so it was a no brainer for me to be underrated because I feel like this song didn't really get a lot of, you know, it wasn't one of the singles no, you know that came out. It was it, it could almost be considered a B side. It's not really though. Like, but I remember when I was like listening to this record back in early two thousands, it was like yeah. Forest was the one I I would go to yeah. pretty often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a big tune, big yeah. tune as they say in the big business. <laughs> big tune. Yeah. That's huge. Cool. What do you got for over? Uh, I choose science. Uh, I think it's uh, for, for overrated un- or un- underrated. Underrated. underrated okay. Sorry. Cho- <laughs> okay, we can all agree Chop Suey is the overrated. No. Uh, no, you got you got, Not me. You got no? something different. Okay. Not me. Okay. I got something different. All okay. right. Um, but underrated uh, science. I, it has um, this the again with the really clean guitar epic um, bridges. 
it just goes into the most beautiful section, and I think it's a really underrated song. Not not to mention that opening riff is so cool. Yeah, yeah, and then um, so it, like again, it has like that really groovy sort of new metal thrash song, and then when it gets to that bridge has there's like chan- yeah there's like weird chant like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the mandolin sitar yeah, part sitar yeah. mandolin and the um, yeah the, the clean guitar has like is so like glassy yeah. and like really bouncy and it's just so beautiful and I, I, I always go to that I'll like skip the whole song just to get to that section <laughs> it's so cool and yeah. and really pulling in from their like their folk the uh, Armenian folk Spirit moves through all things. Spirit <laughs> moves through all things. That that riff gets me, dude. Like that's that's like video game music to me. Final Fantasy style. Yes. Oh, that's next. I mean, very, very. It is very literally video game music. Like I said, it was in MX and ATV Unleashed. Not to mention the song that follows that shimmy was also in that. That song has a special place in my heart only because Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I played it so much, and like literally, like any song on that soundtrack, a lot of those songs on that soundtrack really not that great. <laughs> like you have like you know, "Drunken Lullabies" by Flogging Molly. It's an okay song. It's mm-hmm. not an amazing song, you know. Like "Shimmy," it's okay, but yeah. like that song was forever well, living in for me just because I played that game so much. Did you guys see uh, Tony Hawk sing "Superman" with Goldfinger uh, recently? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Uh, that was uh, so epic, but yeah. very Tony Hawk. Boy. Yeah, very Tony Hawk. <laughs> um, but yeah, so science is my underrated, and uh, Chop Suey is my over. Nice, nice, nice. Matt, what do you got? You said you got something new for us. So mm-hmm. Okay, I'll start with underrated too because okay. it piggybacks off Cole. Science is my underrated too for a okay. lot of the same reasons what Cole just said. That like middle yeah. breakdown part. Like that whole part. Yeah. yeah. Spirit moves through all things. Blah, blah, blah. And all the same reasons we just talked about. That's my underrated song. For my overrated, I chose Toxicity as my most overrated song. Mm. Yeah, okay. Like it, yeah. it, it kind of has the same vibe as it's, Chop Suey. It's played it's just a, as much. B. It's played... Yeah. Close as much in terms of the overplay. It's probably the second most famous song off the album next yeah, to yeah. Chop Suey. Yeah. But I don't actually think it stands out quite as much of a, as a good of a song as Chop Suey. And I think it's closer in quality to the rest of the album. Like it's not yeah, that right. much. It's not that much better than five or six or seven other songs on the record. Okay. They're, like again, this isn't a knock on any of it because the whole album is great. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So for most overrated, doesn't mean I think it's bad or anything. And it is one of the first songs like I learned how to play, and I used to jam on it all the time in bands and stuff. Yeah. But it's super overplayed for me too, as much as Chop Suey. Yeah. But I don't think it's as strong of a song. And I think it's a little bit closer to what the rest of the album presents. Okay. If I had to pick the worst song off the album, it would actually be Bounce for me. Yeah, if I, I, agree, say I 100% the worst agree on that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I think that's uh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> but yeah, again, if that's the worst song on the album, like you're doing pretty good. Cause yeah, that's yeah, because even not that song, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I think I just find it's just like not really... It has the childish element, but it's kind of like eh. bah, 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 yeah, yeah. It's not really a song. It's more just like a, a mosh part. Yeah, just yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like okay, this is the part of the record where everyone it's, just it's jumps. It's filler. It's hundred yeah. percent. It's the filler. most skippable song on the album. <laughs> yeah. But it, it holds such a good 
uh, it also like this is just a testament how good this record. It has like such a uh, an important role on the record. I think because every song, like I was saying, has these formulas. It's a popcorn match. Yeah, and it's all a of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you gotta have a little break match before bad, the main event. Break match, yeah. yeah. It's a 2008 Divas match. Um, <laughs> Ooh. I wasn't gonna say it. We went there. Hey man, we all know what that era was like. Um, yeah, I think out of like halfway through that record, that song comes on and it's just like, like just, just hits yeah. you hard. Two w- minutes. Was that done. the song that they used in the Secret Life of Pets promo when the cat Problem. plays System of a Down? <laughs> I don't. You don't remember? You ever see that movie, Secret Secret Life of Pets? Pets. (laughs) Like the cat, like the the parents go to work and the cat starts playing like bows, bunga, 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 bunga. Maybe I should watch this movie. Secret Life of Pets one and two, those are great movies. All right, enough free promotion for Secret. (laughs) (laughs) They're not paying the bills. All right, right, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, But yeah, let's. um, I love all those picks. I mean, like to be honest, Science is fantastic. Forest, you know, I. I mean, that was my pick, but, you know, I'll still, I'll still toot my own horn. That's fine. This, this oh, podcast good. could uh, just, if we could actually play the songs, would just be us be like, hey, this, you want to just listen to the this part? <laughs> like, this part's really cool. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. That's really awesome. Remember That's when really you played awesome. the Beatles? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That oh, man. Cool. But, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's throw it to our last section here, uh, which is final thoughts. Just, you know. Any stories, anything we got that we can talk about with this album, you know, um, just overall how we feel about it. So this is Final Thoughts. Final Toes. So Final Thoughts on this album. This album was like a huge part of my life growing up because I... Like I said, it was when I got back into guitar, <laughs> and uh, it came out when a time when I was like, a, like learning to play bass as well as like getting back into guitar. So like it was kind of like I'm I like I remember asking my guitar teacher tabbing stuff out. Like I said earlier, uh, I still hadn't gotten the grasp of like learning songs by ear. So like this was kind of like you know my first foray into you know drop tuning and metal and starting to learn how to play that kind of stuff. That and Metallica, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> but this album, in my opinion, will like it's the best album they have. No skips. Doesn't matter. Even bounce. I won't skip it. You know what I mean? And uh, the flow of the album is amazing. It's put together so perfectly. And it really just captures the essence of how I see or, like, I guess, hear System of a Down. Like, when I think of System of a Down, I think of this album. You know what I mean? I don't really think about Mesmerize or I don't think about that weird double Mm. LP they put out. Yeah, (laughs) Hypnotize Mesmerize. Yeah, Yeah, Hypnotize Mesmerize. See, for me, this record... uh, Kind of came at the at the same time as all uh, a lot of their older stuff because when I was getting into heavy music, it it was through like my cousins and they were sending me uh, like my, my cousin Mark would be sending me these compilations and they would have a song from this record on it, but then they would have like uh, roulette from self title or the one before the the hand. Oh yeah, self title. Self title. And. Um, so I would just be like being introduced to System of a Down as a whole, and it wasn't so all their older stuff mixed with this record. I was just like, oh my god, this band's like changing how I see music because all of a sudden heavy music was sort of uh, easy to get into because I-, I didn't like screaming, I didn't like yeah. m- like metal at the time, but this band for some reason was just very accessible to me, 
Uh, and through that, I got into, uh, once I got into high school, I found some more like local bands and like got into band, like the metal core scene a little bit. All of a sudden I started appreciating screaming. I haven't, I, I haven't left the metal core yeah, scene. Yeah, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so from, so this band really does have like a really important role in getting me into like the heavier side of like experimenting with my musical tastes through the, but also it's also stuck with me. It's one of those bands that I've, I've still come back to. And when I was in like grade 10, no, grade nine, grade ten, Mesmerize came out. I yeah. was one of the most anticipated records for me. And then six months later, Hypnotize came out. And yeah. and like to to this day, I'm still sad they haven't put out anything since. Except for that. <laughs> they put out two songs like well, in yeah, they 2020. Did. Yeah, they did them like a couple years ago, Such like right when the pandemic happened. I was and like, then I just need more. I need apparently more. they're talking about getting back together now. Oh, they always do. Yeah, I know. They're kind of the whatever issues Darren and Serge were having. It kind of what I was gathering was that Serge wanted more of his songs on the album than Darren, and they didn't want to perform each other's songs. Just make a bigger record. That's Put all I, them all. That's what <laughs> like, I'll said. take that's it all. Hypnotized Mesmerized was a double album thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, but to be honest, most of it was Serge songs. So like you know like like mesmerized well, was more Darren a, songs like yeah yeah because Darren he had, like, sings Cigaro. a lot of those songs yeah yeah right here in Hollywood yeah right? <laughs> so good though so just, good and, yeah. like as long as they're together it just like it doesn't work when they're apart yeah yeah like one of my there, I could you could honestly say that this is my favorite band of all time yeah um and I don't think uh, I'd I'd argue with that. I, I could I could see that. I mean, I know pretty much every song. So, yeah. like, you know, I mean, like, you don't get that invested in something if they're not your favorite. Well, when I was in grade, uh, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, Green Day was my favorite band. Yeah. yeah. And then when I got older, I got into, like, metal, all these different metal core bands. Yeah. And I would say, oh, like, or, like. And then you were in Asking Alexandria. <laughs> yeah. Or I, I was a big Thrice fan when I was, like, oh, yeah. in high school. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, buddy. <laughs> and I still love those songs. But, like. Going from when I got into music to now I'm yeah. a 32 year old man, and this record I still listen to this yeah. record like on a regular or yeah. all the, the records. So this yeah. is you could easily say it's my favorite band. Nice, Matt. What are your final thoughts on this album? Uh, hugely influential album on me. Uh, I think I said I was in like grade 10 earlier. It was great. September of 2001. I was just starting grade 11, and uh, everybody knows that the kind of the stuff that you listen to or into from when you're like. 12 to like 18 kind of helps form you and sticks with you for the rest of your life that becomes like your era for your nostalgia forever kind of thing yeah so this album definitely falls right into that it was around the time i was learning guitar as well so a lot of these tracks are some of the first things i learned how to play and uh definitely just uh one of those albums that like uh, it's gonna stick with me forever and like you said earlier too when i think of system of a down this is the album that comes to mind first for me yeah and uh well, it's not something that I put on my rotation all the time. You should, uh, but I had a lo- <laughs> not not any, like I've heard it a billion billion times like over in my life. But it was a lot of fun to come back to it now for this and and listen to and kind of relive, and it really did bring me back to like that time in my life, and and it still holds up great. So all around killer album, and I think a great choice for a first episode here. 
I look I, back on it with Eric Reed. I, th- I think so too. Uh, let's let's get into our thank yous though and our wrap ups here. Anything uh, you'd like to plug, Cole? Uh, actually, just coming back to okay, the beginning okay. of this episode. Okay. Uh, you were saying you're doing an intro of my song. Well, actually, when I was in a band called Signifier back in 2012 to 15, um, it was a metalcore band that I was in. And uh, we really wanted to do a cover and get a, a vocalist uh, by the name of Blake Prince, who was in one of my favorite bands growing up called uh, Straight Reads the Line. Okay, okay. And he's actually now in a band called Teeth. That's really sick. You should check them out. Okay. They're like crazy <laughs> heavy. And anyway, I really wanted to get them on a track. And um, I was we were talking to the guys. We were, we were like, let's do two songs in the studio. But I want to do one song that's a cover and get uh, Blake on. And we ended up doing uh, Psycho. Which is oh nice on uh, this record psycho okay. so uh, it, I'll find it and I I'll give it to you guys if you yeah, want to play sure. it, play a little bit of it yeah I'll, I'll play it I'll play it as the outro yeah <laughs> that's for sure so they'll be hearing it right now while we're talking about it right on <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah no that's awesome but um yeah any anything you like to plug <laughs> uh yeah uh, my new band or not new band but the band I'm currently in uh, Nightwell check us out on uh, Nightwell CA on Instagram and uh, on Twitter TikTok all that crap uh, check us out we have a new song uh, coming out February 9th called TKO uh, it's a bit more experimental industrial we still play around with some like rock and emo pop punk elements so nice hopefully people like it yeah for sure also they'll be playing uh at sneaky d's the day this episode comes out yeah uh you'll probably see me there yeah. i have the day off of work i'm waiting to hear this week but uh right <laughs> uh you might see matt there i don't know yeah. <laughs> but uh we'll see <laughs> so right now i gotta work i think so yeah yeah we'll see Dude, but um I matt know. matt you got any thank yous or nah, anything you nothing to plug i just want everyone listening to this hit like and subscribe to eric's show it's gonna be a great show to listen to uh when's it come out every couple weeks it'll be it'll be every other week so yeah. it'll be bi-weekly yeah so I, I encourage everyone like and subscribe check it out um want to thank eric for having uh, having us here i want to thank cole for jumping on the show with us too it's great to see you guys great to talk music here and uh yeah, I'm really stoked on it. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And if uh, you want more shows like this, uh, I'll be on SNME Radio. So uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME Radio. It's only a dollar a week, and you get pretty much at this point like five shows a day. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> I just saw the probing programming schedule for this week, and we got a lot of shows this week. I'm kind of rounding out the week. So the main show will be tomorrow. But um, yeah join what are you doing yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean join you want yeah. you want stuff like nxt talk you want bam sports weekly you want smack daddies you want to hear us again you want to listen to the dark side of the elite guys yeah. those guys are so cool <laughs> yeah, they're so cool i don't know who they are they're just i heard they were really handsome and cool <laughs> but <laughs> yeah for sure uh check us out uh you can follow me on twitch at twitch.tv slash erk e90 erk90 where I will be playing a game that hasn't been popular in 30 years or 20 years. Um, oh, that, that goes really well with this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it goes very well. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm a lover of old things, including my girlfriend, who is five years older than me. Or my wife, Whoa. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, sorry, who is five years older than me. But, um, Dead man walk. <laughs> you done it now. <laughs> done, done it now. But uh, thanks, guys, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you coming out here and checking oh, it out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Thanks, brother. brother. <laughs> but uh, this will be kind of like a two-part episode. So our next episode will also be these guys. We'll, 
we'll be reviewing chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. Come on. <laughs> so stay tuned for that in two weeks. And until next time, peace out. <laughs>